When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Houghton. Welcome back. Good morning. If you're listening to us in the morning, that's when this podcast is released on Thursday, June 16th. If you're listening to us in the evening or Friday on the weekend, hope you're having a good weekend. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. Mo Moten, national NFL writer at Bleacher Report, also the Raiders columnist at SportsNot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. You can follow me at LV Gully. Also, the show is SNB today. So thank you for being back with us. We're going to talk about Josh Jacobs again. If it triggers you, now you can move ahead to segment three, the mailbag segment, or (laughs) you can stick around and hear an informed and objective opinion from Mo Moten, who this week wrote a column on Josh Jacobs, what he means, and how the Raiders have little wiggle room if they can't come to an agreement, if he doesn't sign his franchise tag, We all know about the social media post. We talked about it on Tuesday. Josh Jacobs saying he's uh, doing it for those that come after us. In essence, you know, he's trying to raise the running back market. Mo, we heard uh, on Wednesday, actually, that the Giants are talking to Saquon Barkley. We heard he turned down 13 million. The Giants withdrew the offer. Then we heard it's 14 million. And now maybe that offer or something close to it was on the table there. Let's start with that first before we get into your piece. If Marcus, P- excuse me, if Marcus Peters, if Saquon Barkley gets $13 million a season from the Giants, what does that do? How does that set the market for Josh Jacobs, who is the defending rushing champion of the NFL? That allows Josh Jacobs to say I want a little bit more than that because not <laughs> only has he won – not only did he win the rushing challenge 2022, but I believe he led the league in, in uh, yards from scrimmage. Yes. And also, Saquon Barkley has had you know, a history of injuries. So I know Josh Jacobs has been dinged up, but he hasn't missed a ton of games. So Saquon Barkley missed nearly a whole season. <laughs> I believe he mm. missed you know more than 10 games between 2019 and 20, 2020 and 2021, I believe, or 2019 and 2020. But there was a two-year stint where – Saquon Barkley wasn't on the field very much. So Josh Jacobs could say I've been more I've been more reliable in terms of availability, and I have a rushing title, and I'm an all-pro running back. So whatever he gets, 
I want a little more than that. So, and so Quan Barkley signs that deal for 14 million or 13 to 14 million, whatever the case is. Josh, Shays, Josh Jacobs can actually ask for a little more than that and tack on a million or a million and a half from what uh, Saquon Barkley gets. So, again, when a running back gets paid, it helps the other running backs who are on the same tier. Right. And that was part of the statement that, or the, the sentiment, I should say. I can't speak for Josh Jacobs because I don't know exactly, but from reading his tweet, that's what he was saying. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I want to negotiate more for all of us. He's trying to bring up the market. Saquon Barkley doing the same thing. Now, Mo, we'll get into some of the, the intricacies of that and what that means later on, but let's address the column you wrote on sportsnot.com where basically your point was, hey, if, if they can't, if the Raiders cannot get Jacobs to either sign his franchise tag or they can't come to an agreement with him by July 17th, which is the deadline, um, on an extension and a new contract, uh, that it doesn't look good for the Raiders there. And you pointed out all the reasons, including the change at quarterback has a lot to do with this. Walk people through your sort of uh, um, your equation on why Josh Jacobs would be so important to sign to get wrapped up here before training camp. Uh, and what the, the intricacies of that are if they can't. The first thing I want to say, I want to preface my response by saying, I'm not saying the Raiders should bend over backwards to sign Josh Jacobs. I'm not saying that the Raiders should give him 15, 16 million just to get him into training camp. What I am saying is that Josh Jacobs is a lot more important to the Raiders offense than the average running back. Because I know the narrative out there is, oh, you can just replace your starter with a third or fourth rounder from the draft, a rookie, because happens every year. A running back comes out of nowhere. An undrafted rookie comes out of nowhere and takes over the starting position. Look at Isaiah Pacheco in Kansas City. He was a seventh rounder and surpassed Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who was a first rounder on the Kansas City Chiefs depth chart. Mm-hmm. With that said, just remember what happened with a lot of these situations where a running back is replaced. A lot of times, that backup running back is in the system for a few years. Behind Josh Jacobs, if you if you remember last season, just go back one year, Josh Jacobs was a rushing champion because he carried the ball about 340 times. So that was the healthiest he's been as the most carries he's had as a pro. Now, as far as the Raiders quarterback situation is concerned, you mentioned with Jimmy Garoppolo, I mentioned this on the last show, in San Francisco, the 49ers were top five in rush attempts when Jimmy Garoppolo played 15 more games and the 49ers went to the to the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl. They were also had the fourth fewest pass attempts. So they took the ball out of his hands a lot. Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. isn't the type of quarterback that's going to sling the ball all over the field and carry the offense with his arm. He needs a complimentary ground attack to succeed based on his history with the 49ers. Can't say what, what would have happened in New England because he wasn't really a starter, but he started two games with the Patriots as a backup for Tom Brady. But from what we see with Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco as a starter, he needs a viable ground attack to, to flourish and be successful because he's not that type of quarterback that's going to throw the ball 500 times in a season. And with his durability concern, you don't want him throwing the ball 500 times no. a season because the more he gets hit, <laughs> increases the probability you're going to lose him for multiple weeks. So I think Josh Jacobs is very important to the Raiders' offense, even though they have Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, and Hunter Murphy from that passing attack. You have to remember the balance is what keeps this team on track. Because last year, Derek Carr didn't have a great year. And what happened when the Raiders were winning games? What did they do? They ran the football. So I know a lot of people want to point out, yeah, they have Zamir White. They have Zeus Stone. He's got a lot of run while Josh Jacobs was out. And Sincere McCormick and Britton Brown. And I get that. But those guys are unproven. 
When the Dallas Cowboys decided to replace Ezekiel Elliott with Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard was in Dallas for three years before he usurped Mm -hmm. Ezekiel Elliott. Before the Minnesota Vikings cut Dalvin Cook this offseason, they had Alexander Madison for three, four years. He he was drafted (laughs) in 2019. So these weren't unproven guys that just came out of nowhere. These were guys that were in their team systems for multiple years before they took over for their starting uh, for the previous starting lead rusher on their team. So this isn't the same situation. You can't compare the two. And I know a lot of people really quick want to say, well, the Pittsburgh Steelers did it with Le'Veon Bell and James Conner. The Pittsburgh Steelers had a, a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback who, by the way, led the league in completions, pass attempts, and passing yards the year that Le'Veon Bell yeah. was out. Jimmy Garoppolo isn't going to put up those type no. of numbers. No, no. And and that's that to me in your column on sportsnot.com, by the way, go read it now. Uh, that that was the most salient point to me was, yes, because of how you've built this offense and because and, and most Raider fans aren't going to understand that. I mean, most Raider fans want Josh Jacobs there. They want to sign him. They want to pay the guy, as they say. So so I know I'm not arguing against them, but I, they also don't understand that with Garoppolo as quarterback, even if you liked Derek Carr, you didn't like Derek Carr. Derek Carr could throw the ball a lot more than Jimmy Garoppolo does. It's a different type of quarterback. That's why Josh McDaniels brought him in because he's going to be that system guy. He's going to distribute the ball and run the offense efficiently if he stays healthy. That's what it's all about. Now, the question, though, here I have for you, Mo, is assuming, and and again, your argument well based in, in the stats, in the system, in the history of the quarterback, and of course of the coach and the Raiders and what they're doing. At the same time, if you take the long look of this, this is the only point I disagree with you, and I don't know that it's disagreeing. It's more of just an alternative view of it, which is you're assuming the Raiders feel as though, or you're assuming the Raiders um, are going to build their team around Jimmy Garoppolo at this point, right? Which they have to. He's their starting quarterback. But if you look at the long future of it, are you comfortable giving Josh Jacobs a contract when we know, I mean, I looked up the data. If you look at, for example, one of the, the, the pieces of data they use to evaluate the effectiveness of running backs over the course of the career is the rushing yards over expected stat, right? So if you look at this, it goes down like it falls off a cliff after year five. There's a little peak up in year six, and then it completely drops off. So if you give Josh Jacobs, now, if it's a two-year deal, no problem. But if the Raiders are looking at this team, they don't even have their franchise quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo, you and I agree, he's not that guy. He's not the guy you're building around. They still have to go get that guy. So I'm sorry. I think the Raiders are two or three seasons away from kind of knowing what the next five to ten years look like. If that's the case, do you still want to invest in that running back? I'm not saying you're wrong about what would happen to this offense if Josh Jacobs isn't there because we don't know. We don't have any history of the running backs. You can't just replace a guy and it's easy. It doesn't happen that way. But that point around the RYOE and how it falls off, if you give Josh Jacobs a four-year deal, even if it's front-loaded and it's for two or three years, by the time you build this team around the quarterback that you actually are going to build your team around, I think his career is done. So so how do you balance that in your mind when thinking about signing Josh Jacobs? Because the Raiders aren't going to the Super Bowl this year. I'm sorry to tell people. (laughs) 
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. My my sweet spot, and that's a good question, but my sweet spot for a contract negotiation with Josh Jacobs would be a three-year deal. Mm, because okay, I know yeah. you brought up the, the stats and their, and their accurate stats about running backs, about their production dropping off at their certain point. But if you look at the Tennessee Titans with Derrick Henry, if you look at the Minnesota Vikings with Dalvin Cook, those guys got second contracts and produced pretty well after they signed their second contracts. Now, as you said, you get to that third, fourth year, then it you know dwindles down, down a bit. But as I said... If I give Josh Jacobs a three-year deal and he's not and he doesn't want to reset the running back market and make 15, 16 million, I think a three-year deal in that 13 to 14 million dollar range is fair because then you can maneuver the money. You can front load it. Yes, so that, that's okay, true. True. And the first two years will give you most of your money. And that third year, you may have very little guaranteed money. So if there is a drop-off in that third mm. year, you could just cut them or trade them. So yes. there are a lot of things you can do with a contract to kind of maneuver things so that you get the most out of a play, you get the most bang for your buck, so to speak, in those first two years. So that in that third year, just like you would do a quarterback contract, in that third year, you can part ways with the player if you see there's a drop-off in production. See, and that that's why I asked you the question, right, is to lay that out. Because I think, again, uh, for those of us who geek out and look into all this stuff around contracts and the the salary cap and all that stuff – we really look for those things. Most fans just want their guy. They want their they want Josh Jacobs in the backfield for the Raiders this year because they know they're going to need him to have a chance to win some games. But I wanted to lay that out because I think it's important the way you structure the contract, front load it, two years, absolutely. Third year, not as much. And if he earns it, great. There's there's some elevator clauses in there that if he if he continues to be the 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 running back that bucks all the stats from the past, let's say, great. Then you get rewarded for it and the team wins both ways. So good stuff. All right. Well, there you go. Make sure you go read his column, Mo's column up on sportsnot.com. A really good one. You will learn a lot. That's the great thing about Mo's writing is it's not just reading so you know what's going on. It's reading and understanding more. Not all pieces do that, right, Mo? I mean, you, you really try to lay it out for people and breadcrumb it, as I call it, so that they can understand. So that when they have conversations with other fans, they come from a point of knowledge. And I try to put it in layman's terms. I think when I, because I, I read other pieces out there, I think some people try to sound too smart. They try to flex <laughs> their NFL knowledge and they wind up losing the reader. I try to just lay it out in, in simple terms as, you, as if you were talking to me at a restaurant, a bar, a lounge, wherever, and we're just talking football, and I just happen to have a sheet of the numbers with me, and I can just kind of flesh out my point if you're willing to read past the headline. But again, I try to keep it in simplest terms so that people can mm. digest it, understand it, and have their own opinion. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to force my opinion on people. This is just my objective view. You can agree with it. You can disagree with parts of it. You can take some of it and have it for your opinion, whatever. But this is just my point of view and just some of the things you should consider with J Josh Jacobs and his negotiations with the Raiders. Absolutely. By the way, I never get accused of sounding too smart. Why is that? No? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Oh I want to be too smart. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right. Good stuff. Okay. We're going to take our final break here on the Thursday edition of Silver and Black today and Odyssey Originals podcast covering the Raiders. When we come back, we're going to get to you 
It's all about you. That's right. The Raider Nation mailbag segment coming up right after this. You're with Mo and Scott. Don't go anywhere.